Hey, David. What's up? I got a quandary, okay? So, I, obviously where I live has a parkade, right? Mm-hmm. And parkade etiquette should be like road etiquette, or so you would think. But twice in the last 48 hours, I've pulled into my parkade, which you have to go down a ramp and around like a small partition of cars, right? Mm-hmm. And twice, I shit you not, the same person is in the progress of pulling out of their spot and they've made me stop and back up so they can come <laughs> out straight. Like I like they could easily turn right and just go around, but they're too lazy for that. And they like actually blinked their light at me. Really? Be like back up. I That's like, so funny. Like, you, you know how when you go down, you like turn right, right. And then it's like a, a, a quick left, literally the car right at that left. Because they're too lazy to drive around. I'm like, oh my god, it's such a piss off. Like, well, it sounds like that guy's uh, pull-out game is on point. Yeah, super duper. Like, the, at one point, he wasn't even halfway out of the spot. That's what pissed me off. Because <laughs> he, he was just blocking the lane. It was so <laughs> annoying. Uh, okay, well, that's unfortunate. But you know who also has great pull-out game? <laughs> Who's that? The host of this episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Oh my god. We're out here earning that explicit rating today. Hey everyone, welcome to the Scene Hut Screen Podcast with your host, myself. <laughs> And David. I was talking about pulling out of the parking spots. Yeah, absolutely were. Explicit (laughs) plus one. How are you, David? How's life? How are things? You know what? It has warmed up a little bit in the Great White North. We finally get hit the single digits in uh, frozen temperatures. Uh, Actually, we were above freezing the other day. We hit one degree Celsius. Wow. Uh, Wow. It was nice. It was like almost t-shirt weather up here i i gotta admit though i'm a little starstruck i didn't realize i was sitting in the presence of of my holiness on the internet that's right everybody (laughs) david is internet famous oh my god yeah and you know what the worst part about it is he didn't share it to our instagram didn't share it to anything he (laughs) was just like he was shared it to his own stuff not not trying to ride that wave or anything all because he caught Little Caesar's lacking. <laughs> you know what, though? It was honestly, I didn't even think about it. I was just so caught up in like seeing these upvotes just go keep keep on going. OK, so for people who don't know, which is pretty much everyone, uh, unless you live on Reddit. Well, yeah, if you lived on Reddit and you browsed the front page at all uh, last weekend, so I guess the first weekend of February. You might have seen a Little Caesars upsell flyer. Uh, so everyone's being upsold on something. You know, the classic, do you want fries with that? Or do you want to supersize that? You know, from old school McDonald's, right? When did they stop doing the supersize thing? Was that just a large or was that bigger than a large? Yeah, you can't even ask for a supersize. Or I guess you can. 
It's like you can also ask for a basket of fries, which is something I didn't know about. Really? But yeah. Like a whole basket of fries? Yeah. Shout out to Jordan the Stallion on TikTok. This guy just knows fast food secrets. It's that and the McBrunch burger. So if you show up to McDonald's between the end of breakfast and lunch, they still have cooked eggs. They still have hash browns. You can get it's like a double cheeseburger with a hash brown and an egg on top. And it's called the McBrunch burger. And now I am actively trying to time this so I can try it because it is on their secret menu. They might be pissed if you ask for it, just like Starbucks and all those contraptions. But I got to try it. Yeah. It's like if asking for a McGangbang. If you yeah, if you succeed in that, I wanna I wanna know because I wanna try that here too. Have you ever um, ordered a McGangbang or have you ever just got them as a two and built it yourself? Uh, I've never ordered them, but there's been plenty of times where I've been out with friends, uh, late night, drunk McDonald's and someone orders it. And the person at the uh, counter taking the order usually rolls their eyes, lets out a sigh and then questions their existence. See, it's always funnier if you order the components to it. Because then they know what you're up to, but it's like you're either too embarrassed or you don't want to like go through the whole back and forth of like, oh, we know what you're making. But uh, before mm-hmm. you continue your your little Caesar story, I ordered I was pretty hungover and I went to McDonald's in the morning or like in the afternoon and I ordered a double cheeseburger or a McDouble and a junior chicken and like a Coke and some fries. And the guy definitely knew I was going through it because I must have looked like absolute ass at window one. And you're probably giggling the whole time, too. No, I was definitely (laughs) like, I need as much grease, sodium and just bread in my system. And the guy looked at me. He's just like, enjoy your McGangbang, man. I was like, you're my hero. (laughs) Just dabbed him out the door, like the window. That's funny. Yeah. So I was... uh... At Little Caesars the other day, the the Little Caesars in Kenora. Okay, I'm gonna say shout out to the Little Caesars in Kenora. the The consistency wow, we're shouting of, out fast food places now. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yes. The <laughs> consistency of Little Caesars across the board is inconsistent at best, right? Like there's there's some where it's like it's just garbage. You know, it's just you're just pretty much eating cardboard, and people don't really give a shit. And then you get others that are actually pretty decent. The one in Kenora is actually pretty decent. Uh, their hot and ready's are usually like, they don't make a whole ton of them. So, you know, that the one that five people there's... live there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually seven people live there. No. Um, but then they're, they're to make made to order pizzas are always, always pretty good. So anyways, they have this thing called the Quattro and it Dear is God. literally a pizza that is for, different toppings in so it's like four different pizzas in one so they have like the pepperoni they have the four cheese they have like their deluxe or whatever it is um and then uh the pepperoni bacon so i was waiting for them to make one of those because i was like whatever i'll give it a try so and then i'm standing there and i see this like little sign leaning up against uh like the plexiglass area of something i'm like oh what is this and it literally says upsell upsell at the top of this little sign (laughs) and on this is instructions on how they are supposed to upsell more stuff so it says 
when a customer orders classic pepperoni or classic cheese upsell to medium or large quattro your store is holding hot and ready right now and then this is the funniest part tip check if you are holding a large quattro hot and ready and suggest that first so it's like i actually have this one in my hands right now would you like it so then when the customer orders a medium or large quattro upsell for only $6 more, did you want to make this a bundle by adding two liter, a two liter and crazy combo? And like there's a whole bunch of other stuff. So then at the very end, it says, ask your manager about the quattro crew incentive for crew members to have a chance to win a great prize, to win great prize. Like that's what it is. The spelling mistake, the grammar mistakes and all. It's so, so good. I took this picture not thinking much of it, right? Uh, I'm like, hmm, this is mildly interesting. So I posted this on uh, Saturday at like 10, 10 a.m. And uh, in the mildly interesting subreddit, just saying this Little Caesars has their upsell instructions display on their front counter. And it took off slowly. I got a few upvotes and people were liking it and all this stuff. And then um, next thing I know, Maybe about like an hour or so later, I just go check Reddit or whatever. And I have like 300 messages in my inbox, which were all comments from this post. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, okay, cool. Like, let's just read some of these. And then I look at the post and it's got like 900 upvotes. I'm like, okay, cool. This is getting some traction. And then like an hour later, another 900. We were in like the thousands. And what what was it at when I send it to you? Um, uh, the screenshots in our chat. Yeah. When you made it to the top page, you were at, uh, 12.8 thousand upvotes. Yeah. So I was at the third highest post on the mildly interesting subreddit for at like 1200 or sorry, 2100 upvotes. And then what was it? It was like two hours later, not even I was on the front page of Reddit, the seventh seventh highest post at 12,800 upvotes. And then throughout the day, it was just, it was just, you know, snowballing at that point. Um, it's crazy. Cause I got all these messages that now I'm part of this like private subreddit group for people who have had a post on, <laughs> on the front page called, uh, what is it? The R eternity club. Oh, once you've made it, you've made it. Yeah, you get a you get an auto mod message saying like you've been a, an approved poster for this uh, subreddit, and then there's a special Discord group. Um, oh dear God! <laughs> for people who have hit uh, the front page or whatever, it's crazy. So once all is said and done, uh, we were at sixty three thousand eight hundred upvotes. It was my highest upvoted posts of all times it was it was a a crazy wild ride and uh yeah sean was right i didn't think of posting it <laughs> at all on any of our social medias but you know what that was I, for a moment there i was the people's choice i had what the people wanted and that was uh <laughs> a post your reddit on my- karma mine is six like the number six <laughs> i barely use reddit um, I used it for gaming news for the longest time. Um, and the first three things I see here are disc golf. I've got ask Reddit. What do you hate seeing in porn? Kind of an odd topic. I hate seeing dicks. <laughs> Jokes. I'm not even going to read that one on the air. And 
what else do I got? I got uh, the Maple Leaves. So like I literally follow nothing. I follow literally ask Reddit, uh, Tinder nightmares, which is hilarious. Oh yeah. Disc, uh, like our disc golf, our Maple Leafs, our gaming. Apparently I still follow our game of Thrones. I follow like nothing. I am useless on Reddit. Yeah. So I've been a Redditor for like, I've had my account for 12 years. I signed up on December 22nd at 11, 10 PM. <laughs> you would know that. It tells you on your profile. Uh, anyway, so my current uh, post karma is 22,439, which isn't that much like in comparison. And then my comment karma is like 20,469. Nice. Um, but the way that like I was looking at this because it's like, okay, this post has 63,000 upvotes. How does that not equate to uh, the post uh, karma for my my profile but apparently there's like this algorithm that takes all of the upvotes and downvotes and you get a net uh positive or negative base off of that right so if uh we'll just do simple math if one person upvotes and one person downvotes your net karma is zero so that wouldn't affect the number of uh upvotes or, or karma on your your profile but anyways uh, these are fake internet points. They mean absolutely nothing. But that was an exciting moment in my life uh, because my, I was proud of you. Yeah, you know what? I was proud of myself too. <laughs> my next highest upvoted is uh, that buff buff Pikachu that you uh, have that I gave yeah. you. Oh, uh, actually, I am in uh, one special Reddit, so I forgot that I was in this. So I'm just like scrolling through everything. I- I'm in and one is um, uh, Thanos did nothing wrong. And then I was part of the snap. So I, <laughs> I made it into the other 14 million. <laughs> oh, nice. So I survived the snap. Nice. So there is a special Reddit for all people who survived the Reddit snap. I thought that was pretty sweet. So I'm in one really cool thing, but yeah. that's pretty and, much it. But you know what? Like, it's crazy. Like out of all the people that uh, use Reddit and post stuff, like it's kind of, crazy to think that you know millions of people saw a picture that i posted from kenora <laughs> and only fifteen thousand people liked it <laughs> well that's the thing it's like how many people like how many times do you browse and and not upvote like i i know it costs absolutely nothing but for the longest time it's it's like i don't want to give them my upvotes or downvotes like you know it's it's like a useless fake currency that doesn't exist you also had to compete with the Chinese spy balloon, so it was a tough week. I know that was like right at the same time, but uh, for a moment there, I was I was higher higher up on all than uh, the Chinese spy balloon. Now, was that confirmed to be a spy balloon, or was it just a weather balloon? No, they're pretty pissed off because the second one floated over Canada and into the United States, so they're definitely looking for something. But like the state shot it down. But how do they control jet. where it goes? It's just floating. It's a remote control, man. It's a remote control. But they shot it off. Uh, like They shot it down over the ocean, too. So it wasn't yeah. like they shot it out, down over land. And like, um, really, like China knows everything about us anyways, because we literally buy everything made there. So how much stuff are they spying on us anyways? I, I don't know. The whole thing was super bizarre because I like, just was. watch the live stream on Twitter was phenomenal to watch. It was just hours of where is this balloon going? Mm-hmm. And it didn't even look like it was moving. It was just a white balloon in the sky. Yeah. So speaking of uh, speaking of Twitch, something that came up um, that I forgot to mention <laughs> before our show, 
you know how there's all this like AI generated stuff coming now, like chat. Uh, what is it? Chat GP or something like that. And chat GPT. Yeah. Yeah. And so there is a, um, there is a Twitch channel that is, uh, Seinfeld. <laughs> it was AI generated Seinfeld. Um, it's like, it's a p- parody, but it's called, uh, nothing forever. That was what the, uh, the Twitch page was. And it is using like some poorly 3d animated stuff, but it was essentially creating a, an AI generated forever long episode of Seinfeld. Apparently <laughs> it finally got banned because, uh, let's say on last Sunday night, uh, nothing forever found itself in hot water after its AI generated dialogue included a rant about trans people while streaming on Twitch. Jesus. <laughs> the show mimics the hit 90s sitcom Seinfeld um, and follows Larry Fenberg, a robotic 3D animated stand in for Jerry Seinfeld and his three pals have all sorts of zany discussions about, well, nothing. Um, so. I don't know what was actually said, but apparently what had happened is they used uh, the dialogue is completely generated by OpenAI's GPT-3 language model. Um, they had, I think, updated it or or put it back to a previous version that like these th- these AI chatbots and stuff like that, they are designed mm-hmm. to kind of limit themselves in a certain amount for to not say things like like inappropriate and stuff like that right like you can't go to the chat gpt and be like show me boobs it'll say like no right uh so apparently they put it to a uh a different version where something went wrong and it started making all of these like these you know negative comments towards people and so it actually got banned. But the most ironic thing was that it was banned by Automod. So a bot banned another bot for saying something bad against humans. <laughs> <laughs> it's learning. Yeah. Okay, so so- uh, it'll it'll go back up, I'm sure, um, after a while. Once they once uh, they're, I think it was like banned for a week or something like that. But I watched a little bit of this the other week when I discovered it. And do you like Seinfeld? I don't mind it. It's like, like it's been a show that's been around forever. Yeah, it's it's literally a show about absolutely nothing. And some of this AI generated stuff, if you look at it as a Seinfeld episode, it could actually really fit in as some of the, the episodes. Like there was one that they were literally just talking about seeing a bird on the street and the whole episode was talking about like what kind of bird it was, what kind of sounds it made and all this stuff. I'm like, Oh my God, this is literally could be a Seinfeld episode, but uh, yeah. Anyways. Okay. So that was that while you were doing that, I had chat GPT um, write a scene about you entering your favorite TV show. Interior Patty's <laughs> pub day. The gang from it's always sunny are sitting in their usual booth, drinking and cracking jokes. Charlie is pouring out shots. Dennis is checking himself in the compact mirror. Mac is tuning his guitar and Frank is counting his money. Suddenly the door opens and in walks David, the host of the scene on screen podcast. The gang looks up and their expressions turn to confusion. David excitedly. Hi guys. I'm David from the scene on screen podcast. And I'm a huge fan of your show. Frank all suspicious. Like, what do you want? David. 
I just wanted to meet you guys in person. Your show is hilarious. And I just had to see for myself. Dennis, very skeptical. So you just showed up here uninvited? David laughing. <laughs> I guess you could say that. Charlie, hey, we love podcasts too. Let's make one together. Mac, yeah, let's call it the Gang and David podcast. David, <laughs> really? You want to do a podcast with me? Frank, oh, wait a minute. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Who is this guy anyways? David, like I said, I'm the host of the Scene on Screen podcast, <laughs> and I talk about movies and tea shows and all things entertainment. I Dennis. like how that's my entire identity in this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That could be fun. Let's do it. And with that, the gang and David settle into the booth and begin discussing their ideas for a brand new podcast. The rest of the day is filled with laughter, debates, and the best movies and the making of a new podcast. Fade to black. So the cool <laughs> thing about the the uh, like open AI is it knows about everything in the world up until 2021. So it knows that you are actually the host of the scene on screen podcast. That's why it knows exactly what our tagline is. Okay, hold on. What was what did you type into that to generate that whole thing? Write a scene from uh, the gang of It's Always Sunny where David meets or where the gang from Always Sunny meets David from the scene on screen podcast. And it was able to pick up that, like, that is literally what it says on our Instagram, I believe. It's I talk about movies, TVs, uh, yeah. TV shows, and all things. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. <laughs> that, was so, that was so good. Oh, so my God. We, uh, we actually, for trivia, myself and Sam are doing poorly, uh, how would you do it? Poorly defined sidekicks. But we're having chat GBT write all the questions. So we have no control over it whatsoever. So it's like poorly. So uh, I'll see if I can do it right now. Poorly. Sorry about my clicky keyboard. Poorly describe Robin from Batman. From Batman. Let's see. He is a character who is often alongside a superhero. He is a young man with a lightly muscular build and bright colored outfit. He has pointy ears and a mask covering his face, saying things like, holy hole. So funny. So good. Speaking of trivia, though, we had another incredible night at TWB last night, or two nights ago, last night. Yep. I know when we're recording. Time is nothing but an essence <laughs> now. Um, congratulations to Trauma Bounded, or Trauma Bonded, sorry. They were our big winner of our, our last night's Stupid Cupid show. That was a lot of fun. There was a lot of uh, romance songs and love songs, and it was just a good time. We uh, we thank everybody for coming out. We can't wait to see you guys out on the next one. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, we'll we'll tease it a little bit more next week. But remember, there is a hundred dollar prize next week or next trivia on February twenty second at TWB. Shit. So yeah, sounds great, right? So David, I got to complain about something before we get into like. All the Nintendo stuff. Yeah, but you can only complain about something at the first like minute of our show. But this is like a good complaint. Okay, I'll allow it. Have you played the re-imaging of GoldenEye on the Switch? Or did you I've download not, it on the Xbox? I, I've only played it on Xbox. Oh, so you have a brain. Good for you. For whatever <laughs> reason, Microsoft remap or Nintendo and Microsoft remap the controllers to be intelligent on the Xbox. However, if you play it on the Switch, looking up is like looking sideways, looking down is like shooting. None of it makes sense. It is so like 
considering I don't have a degree in rocket science and I was fairly good at Goldeneye when I was a kid, I don't know how I was good at that game. Yeah, so partially playing an N64 game that is mapped to a modern controller is very difficult in general, just because of the way that the the controller layouts were. Um, There is a digital foundry video that is describing the differences between like the original N64 version of GoldenEye 007, the Xbox version and the uh, Nintendo Switch version. Uh, From what I can remember is essentially the Xbox version has some tricks that are done to the emulator and they also modified the original ROM to in, to allow uh like controls for modern modern a modern controller I guess that makes sense um and they've changed the control scheme so it's not perfect by any means but it is more usable the Nintendo Switch version is pretty much the exact same ROM as the N64 with some minor tweaks for like graphical differences and stuff like that. But the controls are pretty much all the same. So uh, people who have the N64 controller for Nintendo Switch, which we are still trying to acquire, uh, say that it's uh, it's a lot easier to play with that. Yes, but, agreed. Uh, you know, after hearing what you had said, about it uh, and the controls and stuff like that on the Nintendo Switch, I didn't even bother downloading it on there. The only advantage that the Nintendo Switch one has over the Xbox version is that it has online multiplayer, but that's because it's running as if it's like the N64 emulator, right? Yeah. So it's still using all of that stuff. I tried to use my GameCube controller. I tried to use the Pro Controller. They don't give you the option to even map it to your your pro controller, which makes it very difficult. So what you have to do, apparently you have to change the control scheme to like 1.2 or like 2.1 or something like that. I forget what it's called, but all the options are inverted and you can't switch that either. Right. So then you have to go into the system settings and go into the uh, accessibility control options and change the button mapping on (laughs) the system controls so that it'll change it in the, in the game. It's ridiculous. It's stupid and it shouldn't be done. Like you can make it work fairly well on the uh, Xbox. But I wish that there was online multiplayer for the Xbox version because that would be so much more fun. Except no odd job slappers only. <laughs> yeah. Man with the golden gun. Oh, take oh, I me know, back. Right? I know. Uh, just so you know, chat GBT has also written a scene. <laughs> Of you in uh, Monk's Cafe with George Costanza. I'll lay it on me. (laughs) Maybe I'll do it at the end of the show. We have some stuff we got to cover. Okay. Um, Quickly hitting on Hogwarts. Nothing out of what we were discussing last week. Um, We will say that like the launch has gone kind of as anticipated, but the hype for the, the game continues to grow. We wanted to touch on one thing that was huge in the news. We're not going to give the website um, a name or light, but there was a anti-streamer website that popped up online, and its sole goal was to bully and harass any single Twitch streamer that played the game. That's no better, guys. Mm -hmm. Like, if you were involved with that 
whatsoever and you listen to this podcast, we don't want you to listen to it. That's no, we're, we're, we're inclusive people. We're not, we're not assholes. Yeah. Turn this episode off now. Yeah. Jerks. But the, the crazy part about it, and I saw somebody talking about it on TikTok, was like, why are these people only attacking Twitch? They're not attacking any YouTubers. Nobody's streaming on TikTok. Why are they only attacking Twitch streamers? Isn't that odd? Mm-hmm. Super, like, super weird. Like, I know that there's a lot of drama around Twitch as well, like in the past about, uh, you know, payouts for for um, Twitch streamers and all of that, all of that stuff or whatever. But uh, yeah, weird. I'm, maybe it's just like an easier platform to, maybe, to harass people on. I don't know. Maybe, but like the mods on Twitch are so strong now. Like, I mean, look at the mods that like somebody like Amaranth gets. Right. And oh, yeah. that's available to everybody because bots just literally peel words and kick and ban people. Mm-hmm. Two things about the game. And this is all I'm going to say is it might be one of the most beautiful games I've seen so far. I've seen it in 4K. I've seen it in a few streams. Um, It's right up there with like God of War. For level of detail. Mm-hmm. So I have seen some video on it because, of course, this is like uh, not only a hobby, but it's like a line of work for us. So we have to do our research when we talk about things and we look at things. Um, performance fidelity modes are high, but the game looks like the movies. And what That's was the sweet. other thing I was going to talk about? I forget. Uh, I don't know. Oh, the thing that happened with stream, uh, Steam. Oh, yeah. Guys, the Steam Deck com- community is a cool community. But if you're going to be in the Facebook group for Steam Deck, which I'm in because I, I I joined it when I pre-ordered one and then I canceled my pre-order. Don't ask the question, hey, when does this game come out? And then have people reply underneath it. Well, it doesn't come out for two days, but here's the downloaded copy I've got. And then share and distribute these downloaded copies via Facebook links. You stupid people. Do you know how many people got Steam banned this weekend or this week? Which is which is strange because, I mean, I guess if the game was uh, leaked through like a Steam copy of it, but that's I, think, it, I, I don't know. Like, my understanding is most like accounts got restored because so many people complete ignorance, right? Like, oh, I thought it was available to me because I clicked on the link. Right? Yeah. But it's weird because it's like Steam Deck is essentially a PC. Like, like it, it's, it is a computer. Uh, and I guess if you're playing or installing something weird, that kind of brings up a few other concerns, though. It's like when you have stuff installed on there, whether or not it's directly installed through Steam or if you install it separately, like using desktop mode and have it accessible through Steam, obviously then that means that Valve knows absolutely and see absolutely everything that's on there. So I thought about that. And what if it's kind of like, do you remember uh, maybe about 10 years ago, your ISP would send you an email if you downloaded a movie because there'd be Uh, trackers in files. I'm wondering if, because they're trying to, to really track this game and its successes, I'm wondering if there's malware inside every file, good or bad, letting people know like it was downloaded what platform it's on all that kind of all that kind of good stuff just the tracking like 
I mean, it's a simple piece of code, right? To, to tell people if it was purchased or not. That's true. So that would be my curiosity. At the end of the day, I'm probably not going to play the game. It just, it doesn't seem overly interesting to me. Would I want to fly around an open world on a broom? Sure. But I mean, you could do that. I can fly around an open world in a plane. And is, I'm it gonna a, fly is it more of like a world building game or is it? actually have a story and adventure from what i've seen the story looks fairly in depth but did you get it digitally or did you get it physical uh digitally okay interesting but it, it's not me it's the the other half yeah and i uh, a uh, lot of never it is it. just a lot of it is at the end of the day like we we had a discussion about it um we talked about the pros and the cons of the game and then ultimately um what we discussed a few weeks ago was still held to be true like people are playing the game because when they watch these movies they were included into a world where everybody was tolerated and everybody was loved for being who they were Mm -hmm. and it's unfortunate that the creator of that universe is an absolute monster but a lot of people depended on these these books and these movies when they were kids because maybe they were bullied maybe they didn't Mm -hmm. fit in the way they thought they did or they should have and uh, I will say there are some really progressive things in the game. I have seen that there is a, um, it's kind of sparked a divide on the internet, but there is a trans bartender or shopkeeper. I, I don't remember. I think they were serving butterbeer. I guess that would be considered like a bartender or something um, in the game. But there is a trans character early in the game and people are like, well done avalanche. Well done port key way to way to make sure that you are, you were doing a justice to your product while also making sure you're, you're sticking it to its creator. And nice. I've like good on them. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I like I, I support, I, I love it. I think that's great. So what's next? Nintendo direct. Yeah, Nintendo came out of nowhere with this direct. It well, I mean, they gave us too. 24 hours notice or 48 hours notice. Yeah, but still, like it, the last few directs have always have been pretty much all, you know, just indie games and small stuff and Mario DLC. Yeah, you know what? It's a breath of fresh air to not see a Nintendo direct that turns into Pokemon and the terrible Mario movie that's coming out in a month mm-hmm. and a half. Well, I'm going to see it. I know you said I'm part of the problem, but I'm going to go see it. You poor, sad, strange little man. Also in the news, Toy Story 5 (laughs) and Frozen 3 were announced this week. Really? Toy Story 5? Yep. Tim Allen himself um, confirmed it, but they they announced it at the shareholder meeting. Apparently, Disney Plus is down like hundreds of thousands of subscribers this quarter. And well, Netflix really is about had... to lose about 50% of their viewers. Oh, I know, base. right? Actually, probably, I wouldn't be surprised if it was more, right? But really, Disney Plus hasn't had anything significant in the last few months. They didn't? They didn't? They didn't? Mr. Oh my God, Andor and the Bad Batch are the best things in the entire world? Yeah, but when did Andor come out? November. Yeah, what month is it now? Fabtoba. Yeah, Feptober. <laughs> Feptober. Yeah. I mean, okay, I guess like January we got uh, we got Willow, but that was garbage. 
Garbage. Um, Bad Batch is is out now, but it's again, it's not um, as big as some of like their other uh, like what what Andor was or what Mandalorian is going to be and so yeah. And like Mando comes out in what three weeks? Yep. But Which like is super sweet, but it's it's funny because Disney Plus, if you're a, a I guess what are you called a, a day one or a founding member? I can't remember what the term was, but if you're a day one member, you're buying a year at a time. If you're not, you're buying month to month, or you're still buying. You have the choice of month to month or a year at a time. But we never had the month to month option. We bought the first year and then just kept extending, right? So, uh, no, they had the month. They had the monthly cost. No. Nope. When At the Disney very Plus, beginning. when Disney Plus first came out, you had to pay eighty nine ninety nine Canadian. Yeah, in order, like that was to get access to it. You had to pay for it like three weeks before it launched. You could buy the month to month after, but I'm pretty sure only subscribers got it for the first little bit. Oh like yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, it launched like a, an early launch for yeah, but yeah. still, like even the yearly cost. It's a lot cheaper than paying month to month, like everything, right? Like man, $112. I think it works out to now over 12 months versus Netflix is $300 to operate. Fuck that. I'm done. I know. Well, what's <laughs> well, yeah. What's $23 plus seven. That's 30 bucks. <sighs> Jeez, 30 yeah, bucks for 4k and multiple users. I don't think so. I might as well just buy cable. Well, in, uh, in Canada, pricing us dollars really no how much is netflix per month in canada standard subscribers 1650 per month basic which is 10 bucks i don't know like it's ridiculous anyways um what were we talking about uh nintendo direct and then we went on some (laughs) tangent about streaming so So nintendo direct started off swinging they showed us pikmin 4 did you ever play Pikmin 1 through 3? I played Pikmin 3 on my my Wii U. Mm-hmm. My 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 poor man Switch. Yeah. I uh I have it on there. I think I have Pikmin 3 on the Switch that I haven't actually played it. Yeah, that doesn't shock me at all. <laughs> it doesn't shock me either. Fill out your bingo cards, people. David hadn't played a game that he bought. Well, if we're going to play that game, then everyone's a winner because <laughs> actually, you know, we should we could do this. We could be like we could turn it into a, a game where I I pick a I'll make a list of all the games that I have and then we pick a random one and then people can guess on whether or not I've actually played it. <laughs> you can't include your Steam library That'd be too much. No. Well, my Steam library. Hold on. What's my Steam library? It's it's pretty hefty. Aren't you at like nine hundred games or something? No, stupid? no, no. Five hundred. Anywhere near that. Uh, my Steam library is, um, six about seven hundred something. Okay. Well, Olimar gets a dog, or a, <laughs> um, a hamster, whatever this thing is, with him and his little Pikmins as he runs around and saves the garden from evil again. I mean, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. It's probably going to have frame rate issues because it's coming out on the Switch. Yeah. There, there was two trailers that they showed where they actually had active frame rate drops. Oh, well, you remember the when they showed remember when they showed the remake of A Link to the Past? No, not A Link to the Past. Um it was the uh Link's Awakening. Hmm. And that that game has some serious frame rate issues and it was even showed in the trailer. Yeah. Anyways, so they showed Pikmin 4 that's coming you, out what yeah. July t- end of July, 
Yeah, the, the, cra- the crazy thing is like pretty much everything announced this year or is coming out this year. So this you know, is July 21st. Yeah, you know what I think Nintendo's learned is to only announce games when they're going to be released within like the next six six to nine months. Yeah, Metroid. Right, yeah. They announced Metroid Prime 4 like, what, three, four years ago? And it's still not out. Still not out. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Expansion Pass. Which is no surprise to anyone. Uh, people love love their booby characters. Yes. Yeah. How about Samba and Amigo Party Central? You know, Samba de Amigo. De Amigo? I don't know. I'm not de Spanish. Amigo? It's a. Uh, this was originally a Dreamcast game where you actually had maracas. You Ooh. remember when there was all the way, like when there was the DK bongos? That's true, yeah. Yeah, so this was a Dreamcast game originally, uh, and you had maracas, and then I think they came out for, uh, well, it was also an arcade game as well, but uh, then it came out on the Wii, and now the Switch. It looks cool. Yeah. I'm not a really big rhythm player, but kind of for it. That's yeah. pretty sweet. Uh, then we got uh, Sean is super excited for this one. Uh, he has always wanted to become a fashion designer so he can do that in Fashion Dreamer. Yep, that's me. Uh, coming out, you can. Can, can we talk about this game for a second, though? Like, what exactly is it? Because what the you- way they were talking in the trailer, they were like, oh, you have to do is walk up to somebody and like their their outfit and it's in your wardrobe. So are you just going to like walk around and collect everybody's outfits by just like thumbs upping them? You know, there's probably there's probably is some sort of story like you're you're trying to become the the most fashionable person in the world or something like that. But uh, it's literally just for people who like fashion, who like clothes and who like collecting things and stuff like that. I don't know. I'm kind of hoping there's an English dub. Maybe like dream like dream daddy. Every every single thing <laughs> showed up with uh, um, what you call it Japanese subs. Yeah. Um, the Castlevania or Dead Cells Returns to Castlevania DLC. This looks kind of fun. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie at all. Yeah. And I'm not even like a huge Castlevania kind of guy, but I don't know. Side scrollers on the Switch just look better. It's fun. Right? Yeah, like it's it's it is the switch is a like a perfect system for playing like a side scroller. Well, you know, I, it's hard to hard to argue really now that I have my Steam Deck because that's also pretty pretty darn good. But anyways, but like I can't even tell you like how much it frustrates me to play Breath of the Wild handheld. I don't know how people do it. You have to oh, pay attention to like, the game you have looks to pay like trash. So much I know the I game looks like it on the TV. garbage. Yeah. Um, Easily the worst trailer they showed off was this Tron Identity, whatever well, it might it's be. It's a uh, it's a gr- visual novel. It's not even really a a, a game per se. You're literally going to read a story, pick some responses, and look at pictures. Yeah, it I mean, looks that's just a little while stupid. ago though. So yeah. dumb. Um, so we'll pass that one. Yeah, Ghost Trick Phantom Detective promotional video. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, play the game <laughs> Phantom Detective promotional video only on the Switch. Yeah, I don't know much about this one. Um, I think it was this was originally a DS game. Um, created by the guy who created the Ace Attorney series. 
So probably yeah, some it looks like it would be a game that would be very effective with a stylus. Yeah. Uh, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, Decapolis. I don't know what that is. This one looked actually kind of interesting. Um, I'm not really into JRPGs or anime for that matter, but I was watching this with people who are very into anime and they were kind of like, oh, this is, this is kind of an interesting concept, except mm-hmm. the whole virtual world that the detective goes in is just in his own world. So he can kind of like build digital within his own realm, I guess it's, I, I didn't really understand a lot of what they were describing, but it just all looked kind of fast paced. You know what like a, uh, really stands RTS. out? Like what really stands out the most for this though, is the character artwork is not like super booby, like most uh, anime based uh, artwork styles. But they game. have a cat person, so well, that's okay. You got you, you got to appeal to some people, right? Like <laughs> true. <laughs> the um, sign that the furries get some uh, get some, some love too. Yeah, it just it looks like a super weird game, and then they're like, "Oh, I'm going to make a digital bow and arrow that's going to blow up a city block." But I'm a Deca police. Yeah, I'll get rid of every last one of these pigs lining their own pockets. That that's perfect. I don't know. I kind of want to try it. Not going to lie. I kind of want to try it. Yeah, but you won't. Um, Moving on. There is a Bayonetta Origins game. Seriza and the Lost Demon. It's like a... I don't know. This is kind of an interesting looking style. It's like an action RPG, but like top down, kind of like the Diablo style. Reminds Um, me of the um, Star Wars Origins um, episodes. Not Star Wars. Was it Star Wars Origins? The seven different oh, drawings? Tales of the, Tales of the, oh, um, what? what were those things called? The they were like seven different Star Artists, Wars stories. Like, oh, um, visions. Yeah, there was vision, kind of yeah. reminds me of that kind of art style. Yeah, it looks kind of interesting. Uh, I'll, I might get it when it goes on sale. Uh, Disney Illusion Island. Uh, that they announced that. Oh, we're not going to talk about the expansion pass for Splatoon 3 and how people are pissed off about it? Oh, yeah. So it's not part of Nintendo Switch Online. It's an individual DLC. And well, yeah, because Splatoon, like Splatfest or whatever it is, like that's this is their this is their uh, moneymaker online game, though. Yeah, but do you know what? Did you watch this trailer? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit. The, the the expansion pass is just Inkopolis, so it's the first game. They just yeah, re-added yeah, those cool. maps. That's all it is. And then if you watch the very end of the trailer, there's this like kind of crazy chromatic moment. So like everything is white, and there's like these flashes of electricity, and there's your character also wearing all white, and then I think it's like fish come across the screen who are also white. It's called side order and it's a completely white world. So I'm wondering if you get to kind of paint your own reality. Yeah, most likely, which would be kind of cool and different. Mm -hmm. So that'd be neat. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So (laughs) then Disney illusion Island, Uh, this was announced a little while ago, actually. Um, This is like a Disney side scroller game with like more classic style looking characters um 
don't know. It looks it looks interesting. Didn't they show this off not that long ago? And yeah. like the biggest flaw to it was the fact that there's only like four characters you can play as. So there's very little variety. Yeah. Until, so it's like, until there's an expansion pass and you have to buy more characters. But it's a cute looking game, right? Like mm-hmm. it's definitely. I bet you it's hard as balls. I bet you it's going to be a lot like um, uh, Cuphead. Cuphead. Yeah. Very cute animation, though. Very, very cute. What do we got next? Uh, there was a season or another expansion pass for Fire Emblem Engage. How many more of these do we need? I don't know. They teased. Well, this was expansion pass number two or pack two. Uh, and then there's three and four coming out for the people who like the Fire Emblem games. You know, I'm sure they'll buy it. I never really got into the Fire Emblem games, so they're like uh, tactical RPGs. I guess the stories are pretty good, but I don't know. Not my thing. Uh, For the RPG lovers, Octopath Traveler 2, uh, they released a uh, prologue demo. So another demo that you can play. The cool thing about some of these demos that are coming out for these uh, RPGs and stuff like that is uh, instead of for, let's say, Octopath Traveler and the second one now, and even like Bravely Default 2 did this, they are creating like a standalone demo that isn't part of the main story of the game yeah so remember like previous like old school demo discs where they just take a chunk of the game and so you play that part so it kind of spoils a little bit of the game but usually it's not too too significant it might be a few hours into the game and and not a whole lot of stuff but what they're doing now is they're creating a separate demo different story uh like dialogue and stuff like that that just gets you you know, ex- exposed to the game mechanics and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. So you can play the game, try it out, and it's not spoiling anything. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's a demo for Bravely Default, or sorry, Octopath Traveler 2. Um, did, you, but, did you like yeah. the art style of um, Harmony, The Fall of Revere? The, um, it's by the strange, uh, Life of Strange Developers Don't Nod, but it didn't really tell us what the game was. It just looks kind of looked interesting. Yeah, it's uh, what kind of well, don't nod makes a lot of these like story driven games, right? So this is well, definitely going to yeah. be like a a story driven. It almost looks like it's just a uh, again like another digital novel kind of thing, or sorry, a visual novel with uh, branching dialogue and and story paths, right? So. Yeah. It's easier to fathom games like that on the Switch because you know the animation style isn't too resource extensive, mm-hmm. and it'll it'll survive on your Switch. Poor yeah. Switches, they don't get no love. <laughs> yeah, um, we love Katamari Reroll and Royal Revere. I can't help but wonder if you're going to just fuck up your Switch control. Like, obviously, stick drift is a huge thing on Joy Cons, but. You know, like the last 30 seconds of a Katamari run where you're just pushing forward, pulling back, pushing yeah. forward. Oh, yeah. You were the person who introduced me to, to the Katamari games. Yeah. And actually, I think it was this one, too. Is we, we Love Katamari came. Oh, no. We Love Katamari. Sorry. was the second one. It was Katamari sure Forever. It was beautiful Katamari. Beautiful Katamari. Forever. I know. I, I think it was, it was Katamari. What was it? Now I'm getting Katamari it, Forever. It wasn't Katamari Damase. It was Kat- uh, Beautiful Katamari, I believe is what it was. Oh, yeah. It was Beautiful Katamari because Katamari Forever was the PlayStation 3 one. 
Uh, and then, yeah, I, beautiful I, Katamari I remember, was the Xbox 360 one. I bought that game for nine ninety nine at EB Games used, and I sold it for ninety to my play. Such a good game, <laughs> so dumb. Anyways, yeah, I will definitely be getting uh, getting this one. I'll probably look for a physical copy of the game though, um, because I have the physical copy of uh, Katamari. Damacy re-rolled, which was the uh, the remake of the first game. I remember having this one on uh, PS2. It was so good. The soundtrack is ridiculous. It is a lot of fun. The whole concept of this game is so stupid, but it's so, so enjoyable. And once you get to the bigger levels where you're just like scooping up worlds, it's so good. Oh, yeah. Once you get to the point where you're big enough where you can like scoop up people. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure it's on um, PlayStation Plus, a Katamari game, because I, I remember playing it on PlayStation recently. Hmm. Um, sea of Stars was released, and the demo was, I believe, dropped yesterday. Yeah, so the game actually finally gets a, uh, a release date of August 29th. Uh, funny story. You want to hear a story about this one? Sure. This was a Kickstarter game, and I backed it. So I help I help make the well no the game's not released yet it comes out on the 29th of August. How, how much did you back it for? Twenty bucks. Nice, you got them like lunch and a cup of coffee. Pretty much, uh, yeah. This game was on Kickstarter. When was this on Kickstarter? Uh, a few years ago, actually. Um, and uh, yeah, I I backed it because it looks cool. It uh, kind of has the old school like Chrono Trigger RPG. Um, battle mechanics the artwork looks pretty sweet for for uh what is it uh pixel based stuff the uh developers they made the messenger i don't know if you've played it but uh oh yeah the estimated delivery date of this was uh february march of 2022 yeah that's not gonna happen uh when did this release or when was this campaign i don't even know I don't remember, but while you're looking, I will I will move on to the next one. The free to play air hockey at some, some point. Anyways, anyways, this uh, it, it's cool that this is finally has a, a demo. I played it. I'm super psyched. Uh, it's it's not going to be for everyone for sure, but uh, it was cool being like, oh, I helped make this game a reality by giving them my money early. Yeah. <laughs> Good on you. Yeah. yeah. Um. Omega Strikers is finally making its way to the Switch. I I hope again. This game just seems like another game that if you're playing with Joy-Cons, you're going to destroy your Joy-Cons. But looks just as fun. Yeah, it's like an air hockey like game kind of thing, right? Yeah. 3v3. Yeah. We were talking about this game and how uh, um, it's kind of like Windjammers and Knockout City and all that other stuff. And Knockout City is closing its servers. That game is dying. Or that game is dead. I mean... Naga City was fun for a little bit. We played a few rounds. Yeah, it was sweaty though. Yeah. I mean, um Omega, what is it? Omega Strikers has been out since September of last year on PC. And and I guess it's a free game. Free to play, yep. Yeah, so I mean um it's playable you- on Steam Deck. Ooh, we see we seem <laughs> super enthused. Um, Nintendo released a uh, another Advance Wars trailer. 
That was completely cinematic and has nothing to do with the actual game. Game's coming out April 21st. It's reboot camp and it's uh, game one and two. So I'm not surprised that they put this in here because they did delay the game. It was supposed to come out a few months ago, but they delayed it. So good on them for for having this announcement. And sure, I don't know. I won't play it. Kirby's um, Return to Dreamland Deluxe gets a new. Well, there's a demo in the eShop now. And there is an epilogue launching for what's his face? Megalore. So it's like a end game DLC, I guess. Mm-hmm. It looks me. I mean, this is another classic Nintendo remake of a Wii game that they're going to charge full price for. Uh, but yep. the real the real announcements came like halfway through, didn't it? Yeah, th- this kind of it produced a little bit of shock and awe. Um, game Boy and Game Boy Color games will now be available on Nintendo Switch online. Awesome. Great. Now, what kind of content did they give us? Well, they gave us Tetris, Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Golden Coins, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, and uh, Gargoyle's Quest. Right? Did I miss any? Game and Watch Gallery, Alone in the Dark, Metroid 2. Because those are all Game Boy Advance games too, right? No, they're Game Boy Color games. Yeah, sorry, Color and Kirby's Dreamland. And it's not a Freudian slip because they also released Game Boy Advance. So they're adding Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Brothers 3 with an e-reader. Cool. Uh, WarioWare Inc., Kurokuro, Curran. Curran, I don't know. Uh, Mario Kart Super Circuit, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. That alone is definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. And um, The Legend of Zelda, the Minish Cap. Now, they are going to be releasing games soon as well. Uh, the Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Seasons and Ages, Pokemon, the trading card game and Kirby Tilt and Tumble. Which should be great using the tilt features of your switch, hopefully. Yeah. And Game Boy Advance coming soon, Metroid Fusion, Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, Fire Emblem, F-Zero, Maximum Velocity and Golden Sun. So like overall, some pretty solid uh, like initial games to be released on this. None of this like crap that was like the Nintendo like NES. Or it's like balloon fight. But why not Pokemon red or blue or yellow? Like, give us the first color version of the game. You're just porting ROMs. Give the people what they want. We're paying $100 for your online service. Give me the ability to play Pokemon yellow on my I mean I guess they have let's go which is just pokemon yellow anyways give me pokemon red or give me pokemon um silver I mean like they'll probably eventually release that but they probably they're they're definitely waiting for uh, a major pokemon announcement before like what? they the 25th bef- anniversary already happened you know they'll probably do something with like the next when they re- announce the next game or whatnot. I don't know. It's going to be something. I don't know. Or they're going to announce release Pokemon when they're when they have a, a lull in their release window. Right. Like, well, appara- I don't know. Apparently the next two Pokemon's are going to be like Pokemon um, Legends like Celebi. 
So it'll be another open world Pokemon game. Okay. Cool. So I don't know. I don't feel excited by it. I played Tetris for like 40 minutes last night. Not going to lie. That was fun. But then I was like, my Nintendo 64 is across the room. I can go play the new Tetris and it's way more fun and colorful and burps at you when you make a square. That's Mm -hmm. pretty sweet. Overall, I'm, I would say cautiously optimistic, but they haven't added enough stuff into the Super Nintendo. Actually, no, that's a lie. The Super Nintendo is pretty much perfect. Um, And the Nintendo 64, most of the games are completely unplayable. Unless you have the 64 controller. I know, right? Add GameCube games. We all have that controller. Uh, Metroid Prime Remastered. Speaking of GameCube games, I wonder if they'll allow us to play with the GameCube controller. Uh, probably not, because the control they've they've announced that the controls were upgraded to be uh, well. Actually, maybe they might still have the originals, but they did say that they have adjusted the controls to fit a modern control style. Yes, but if the Switch has been actively sold with the GameCube controller because of Smash players specifically, and I guess to an extent Mario Party, could you not just keep the control scheme in? Like, if you play Super Mario Sunshine, you have the opportunity to play with your GameCube controller. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, like, well, did you buy it? The game, you can buy the game. No, I didn't. I don't, I'm not spending. No, you can't. Yes, you can. It's out Wait, on the Yes, e-shop. it is. It's, it's physical on the, e-shop. on the third. Yeah. Are you, are you going to buy the game or? Uh, maybe if I can get it physically for cheaper. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to hold out and buy it physically just because I like having that physical game collection. Uh, it retains its value. This is a game I never owned. I got to play it at my friend's house all the time. So it would be one of the, me- actually probably the, only Metroid game I probably haven't beat. Really? I had this one growing up on the on the GameCube. I had Metroid Prime 2. I never got Metroid Prime 3 um, until I got it on my Wii, the trilogy. Uh, and I never played it. Yeah. <laughs> the um, I remember even as recently as two years ago, beating the Super Nintendo one again. Mm-hmm. Or was it the original Nintendo one? Whichever one was out on the Switch. And then there's like the cracked out version where if you go to the top of the page, you can get the one with all the unlocks already. So it's like cheat code unlocked. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, you yeah. just start off with everything. Yeah. Makes your life super easy with all them homing missiles. Uh, we only got a few more left. What else we got? Uh, remaster. Okay, hold on. Uh, rain code. Master Detective Archives Rain Code. It's a lucid noir detective adventure from the minds behind the Dragon Dragon Nara Naranpa. There's people listening to this that are probably screaming at me for can't, not pronouncing this. I don't know. It's Including like a, it's a detective game, but anime style thing story. I don't know. It's a it's a remake. It's like everything, everything else. Everything's a remake. Uh, this one is actually pretty, pretty, pretty nifty. Uh, there's a lot of GameCube remakes or games coming out from here. This yeah, the is next two, yeah. right? So, well, one, the next one's uh, actually the next two were after this one. 
or um, DS games. But uh, Bait and Katos 1 and 2 are getting a, uh, a HD remaster, which is pretty cool. I had the first game on GameCube, and um, this was uh, an interesting RPG because it wasn't like the traditional like you do your attacks because you can it, it was like a card based battle system which was yeah. if i recall one of the first first or like earlier games to have a, a battle system like that um i never played the second game i think it it did come out on gamecube or it might have come out on the wii i don't remember but uh the story was pretty good on this one. It was one of those like kind of hidden gem GameCube games that if you look for right now, I think the I think the game is actually like super expensive. Um, Does just... that surprise you though? No, not at all. Uh, Bait and Kados is if you buy the game, like so the original game on GameCube, uh, currently price charting prices loose so just the disc is going for an average of fifty dollars uh a complete price is going for an average of ninety dollars and brand new uh going for about two hundred dollars which is crazy but that just goes to show like this is was a rarity of a game but it, it is it is a pretty good game um so i will probably pick that up just because of the nostalgia factor and playing those games as well um they showed off level five's fantasy life. I, the girl who steals time. It yeah. actually kind of looks like, like if I were not, if I were blind to many things, watching the trailer, just the way the ground gets built, trees get chopped down. Food is prepared. It's animal crossing with dragons. Well, yeah, kind of. fantasy life came out on the, uh, 3ds and it was, yeah, that's essentially what it is. It's an animal crossing style game but with like more fantasy stuff with dragons and shit like that uh and it yeah, actually it looks pretty... more polished than it <laughs> yeah uh a new professor layton game is coming out which is uh it's actually pretty exciting because i know you never play this stuff i know it's like anime style but it's a really good puzzle mystery game so if you like puzzle games uh the professor layton games were actually really good uh again it's a level five game so they do some really good animation style stuff um so professor layton and the new world of steam oh, steam deck <laughs> yeah uh that's uh that's coming out so that'll be pretty sweet and then they wrapped it up or like the last thing was the, the biggest most thing common ever. thing you see in every single Nintendo Direct now, they're like, here's a new Mario Kart DLC because yeah. we're too lazy to make a new game. By the way, we made a brand new course. These fuckers. Yeah. And they're bringing back Birdo. Please, 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 Nintendo, give us Double Dash mechanics. Yeah, just... Or re-release Double Dash. Just, I'm surprised that they haven't. Right? Like, it. why haven't they? They, I don't know. And the thing is, they're not getting... Well, I guess they're tying this... I guess they can tie this to the Nintendo Online Plus subscription or whatever it is, Expansion Pass subscription. So they're getting a constant stream of money for this. But, you know, just release a new game. 
Yeah. I mean, I was kind of hopeful when we were watching this that they would release more Mario Party content. Because right. that game has four maps, right? Why can you not expand that game? Because they're doing the same thing that they, that they did with Super Mario Party. Release it and then let it die. Yeah, but when they released it originally, it was four to six maps. Like, And I'm still waiting for some of the maps that we got to play on the Wii. Like, you mm-hmm. remember the, the, the maps that you have to like continually spend money in? To mm-hmm. make it harder and harder for people to buy, like the hotel map. Yep, yep. That's what we need here. Just expand it by like four maps. Just give us four old maps. It doesn't even matter. That's what you did originally. They're all Nintendo sixty four maps. Yeah, like it right? doesn't make sense. Like they, why are they not supporting one of their best games? And if you play Mario Party ten, is it Mario Party ten? You get four maps. You get the companion feature, which was actually a pretty cool feature. But the the maps are so hard to like learn and they're like the games are just so meticulous and hard and you have to play with only Joy-Cons, I believe. So it makes it like so much hard. Like because we played mm-hmm. with you and she who shall not be named over one like New Year's or something, right? Like mm-hmm. like one of the, the Panini New Year's is we played those games and they were a lot of fun. But like the 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 element of like the rafting was like different. Yeah, but that's really the only thing that was different about that game, right? Like it was it was just boring. Yeah. Anyways, finally they finished it off with Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Or is it Tears of the Kingdom? Could be either. It doesn't matter. <laughs> They've never actually said it out loud. They so. never have. I know. Uh this is Breath of the Wild 2. You know what? As exciting as new Zelda games are this is I don't think this is going to have as big of an impact as any other Zelda game because it's just going to be more of the same it looks daunting man like it might be bigger but really when you think about it you're exploring the same the same map might be a little different different puzzles and stuff like that who knows but it's not like uh, what's uh, Majora's Mask where it was sure it was it visually looked the same as um, Orcarina of Time, but they changed and, and and increased the the content and the the gameplay mechanics and everything were so different in Majora's Mask compared to uh, Orcarina of Time. But this game, like T- Tears of the Kingdom, it's just Breath of the Wild two, so it's the same graphic style, it's the same fighting style the story sure is going to be significantly different but same enemies maybe different dungeons all of that stuff i mean i was super excited for breath of the wild when it came out but that was what like almost 10 years ago uh not not really but almost and it was a huge step in the legend of zelda universe and and style and everything like that and now this one just seems like kind of a a half-assed sequel almost because it just kind of goes like it looks like the the same thing the story's just gonna be different yeah and like i'm still playing through breath of the wild and i've like tapered off a little bit but like i was finding it would take me an hour hour and a half to get to where i wanted to go in the map and i'd get constantly distracted so it's really really tough Mm-hmm. And I think 
I don't know. The 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 biggest thing that actually came out that I saw uh, about Tears of the, the Kingdom is that the price increase. Because oh yes, it people now, are un- unhappy. Yeah, it is now costing eighty nine dollars Canadian, or what is it, seventy nine dollars US? I don't know. Um, or 70 bucks us. Yeah. I, I think they went from 59 to $69. So 70 bucks us for, uh, this game. And we all know that Xbox series X and PS five games have increased in price uh, to 90 bucks Canadian, but that can be justified kind of in the sense that they are newer consoles and the cost of development of increase and stuff like that. But the Nintendo switch is like, they're just increasing the cost because you know what was so do you remember how much n64 games were uh yeah they were like 59.99 they yeah. haven't really changed you remember price... we we did this exercise not that long ago yeah so hold on let me just take a look at the inflation amount so let's see 59.99 in 1996 would cost actually games are still cheaper <laughs> Uh, due to inflation, uh, as of 1990, uh, sorry, 2022, 60 bucks and 96 is $102 in 2023, which is crazy. Uh, so the cost of games hasn't increased as much as, uh, they should have in regards to like with inflation and whatnot, or, or the, the change in currency, but it is becoming a very expensive hobby. I mean, it always has been in retrospect, right? Like, yes. Do you remember? I, I'm pretty sure when we got Pokemon when we were kids, it was 50 bucks out of our parents' pockets. Mm-hmm. Like, I was 12 years old. Do you think I had 50 bucks just kicking around? No, no I no. wasn't done grade six yet mm-hmm. or whatever. I didn't get my allowance. Like, Pokemon Red, like, I remember getting that game and I was just like, this is my life now. And yeah. that literally was my life. Yeah. But the cost has always been the same. Like what are 3DS games now? I guess there is no real handheld anymore. Nintendo's all the no, same thing. No. But what were 3DS games but at its peak? 3DS games were probably 49? around 40 like 40 or 50 bucks. Well, between between 35 and 50 dollars depending on the game, but yeah. Yeah. I, at the end of the day, I'd rather be in a hobby where I know that the games have like relatively over time since I started purchasing games on a regular basis by myself have been roughly the same. I remember the first time that we had a a price increase for games and we were all like up in arms. And that was at the beginning of the, the last gen, I believe. Mm -hmm. I think everything went up about 10 bucks when the Xbox one and the PlayStation four came out. Yeah. And everybody was like, well, you know what? It's time. That makes a lot of sense. You're and like, it's been the same where they're getting people. And this is why I don't think breath of the, uh, breath of the wild two, or whatever it's actually being called the legend of Zelda two. Yeah. Tears of the kingdom. This is where I don't think it's going to matter because if you look at games that have recently come out, like call of duty, Hogwarts, um, Damn, what's the other big one that's coming out this month? Um, not Dead Island. My brain has just completely slipped. 
but big games that are coming out <laughs> if you even if you look at even starfield there's going to be a base game that's going to be 79.99 or yeah. 89.99 yeah yeah 79.99 for base games now anyways and you're paying 99 for deluxe and it's been like that for like 15 years well that's the thing though is like b- back then though deluxe versions of games came with you know physical things right nowadays those are collector's editions you're yes. you're misconstruing words no no no. i remember getting like deluxe versions of games like having a pre-order from gamestop and and you got like uh artwork books and pens and stuff like that now you get the deluxe version which just comes with a few skins or some like early items or you get and, like digital copies of soundtracks and stuff like that or you get the collector's edition for like four or five times the amount, which comes with some like obnoxiously large statue. Atomic Heart, eighty nine ninety nine PS four or PS five. There is no deluxe edition that I can see. Yeah, but you know, I I can't justify buying a deluxe. Let's take us Jedi Fallen Order or or Jedi Survivor. That's a that's a great one yeah okay so the regular edition of the game was like 79 dollars. the deluxe edition was like a hundred and five dollars or something i got this the regular edition and you can buy a lot of these like ea games stuff like that you can buy like the deluxe edition upgrades and it's like an extra like 25 bucks so it puts it up to that hundred and some odd dollar price point that you would have got if you just paid for the deluxe edition to begin with but eventually that is going to go on sale. So I just waited for that, the upgrade to go on sale down to like 10 bucks. And really all it was was some different skins. And, and actually for, for Jedi fallen order, the deluxe edition included a like hour and a half long documentary of making the game. So if you like that kind of stuff, it was uh, like a good value. You're kind of like buying a movie as well. But I can't justify buying digital versions of these games or just these games in general, buying a deluxe edition for an extra $25 just to get a skin or an item that you can use in game. Like it just is not worth it. Look, man, you're you're not, you're not wrong. I actually just noticed an interesting thing because I forgot. And this could be just be ignorance at this point, but I legitimately forgot that next gen or current gen games are 89 previous games are 79. So the argument is now is tears of the kingdom just being sold as a next gen game Mm -hmm. in that price point is Nintendo just being like, well, they're allowed to do it. So why can't we 100%? Um, I'm curious now because like the I was just looking at MLB the show and they have three price points, 79, 89 and 129. There's no deluxe. It's just a it's a collector's versus a regular game. But if I remember correctly, a lot of deluxe editions of these like of sports games just add like currency and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it doesn't even doesn't even tell you. So what do you get? You get. Ooh, you get a baseball hat. You get a PS4 and a PS5 voucher. You get early access. You get a captain's choice, but you get in-game currency. And you get the standard edition of the game as well as a steel book, which 
doesn't even matter because you're getting a digital game. Man, PlayStation's doing that shit again. <laughs> oh, that pisses me off. Why are they doing this again? Because it's Sony. But I think this is where we got to cut it off for the night or for the day, for that matter. Now, just a heads up for programming. Next episode, we are going to do a two-episode dive on The Last of Us uh, because we are being blessed with an opportunity to watch it Friday. So it releases early this week because they don't want to compete with the Super Bowl, which is awesome. Yeah. It means we get The Last of Us early into the weekend, which is super great. But we want to thank you guys for listening for this episode. Thank you from me. Wow, eyes are very nice. I hate that sound. And never wait. That Hansel's so hot right now. We want to thank you all for listening, and we will catch you on the next episode of the Scene on Screen Podcast. Peace.